Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today is part two, and we are asking you the question and hopefully giving you the answer. Are you being lied to about the housing market? Uh, If you did not listen to part one yesterday, please go back and listen to part one. I'm going to share with you, um, we've been receiving more emails, more Instagram direct messages, more texts from folks that we've known in the industry for, you know, the decades we've been in the real estate coaching business, then in a very short period of time that any time probably in the last, you know, I don't know, a few years. Definitely. The, the number of um, communication ways people are communicating with us about the same thing is amazing. And I'm going to share with you guys a text I got this morning from Heath Moulton. Heath and his family have been the number one um, real estate brokerage in Iowa for years. And their specialization is working with builders. So Heath sent me a text this morning and he was giving me, he's very analytical and he's a, he's a very focused driver, just a really great overall guy. I love when he shares with me his information because I know it's always researched and I don't have to question it. So what he sent me today was very, very fascinating. He was showing me what's going on in his market with all the new construction. Again, that's their specialization. And he was showing me some of the little things that no one's really shining light on with regards to the weakness in the builder on the builder side of the um, table. And one of these th- points in particular was very fascinating. He showed me how the builders, most of the national builders, the DR Hortons and the big builders who have a lot of existing inventory, spec homes, how all those homes were pretty much built with lumber that costs three times as much as it does now. In other words, they're losing money on all their houses. And he, he was able to actually show that in a spreadsheet. I thought that was really fascinating. Um, then he also told me how, you know, how the different builders in his market, because he's got all the big, like I said, big nationals that are competing with the midsize builders. He works mostly with the midsize builders. He was showing me essentially what the big builders, what they're doing, because they're getting really, really desperate to get buyers to build home, or to build or, and most importantly, buy their existing inventory. Uh, lots of creative financing deals, all the things we've been talking to you guys on this podcast about for the last really, you know, two years that we projected were going to start happening. It's all happening. And I look for big markets like where Heath is because that does shine light on what the other, what the builders are going to be doing all over the country. Uh, bottom line is that the biggest opportunities to become a listing agent and the biggest opportunities, frankly, to build your real estate business are absolutely here. This is what all of us have been working towards for the last really 15 years, this very market that we're experiencing now. There's a saying by Warren Buffett um, that I think is frankly, more appropriate now than maybe it's been in the last 15 mm-hmm. years. When other, people are be, uh, are, when other people are fearful, be greedy. And when they're greedy, be fearful. Right now, you can see what's happening in the marketplace. And let's look at it as it is. You're competing with other real estate agents. You're all collaborative and everyone works together. It's a co-op-based system. But the reality of it is there's only one person that's going to get the listing contract signed, only one person that's going to get that buyer in contract. So we are in comp- constant competition. Uh, that should be something that's obvious to everyone. 
Well, the reality of it is, is most of the agents and brokers out there don't know what to do because they've never been through a market like this. They've, if you, and here's the, it's very simple. Have you been in the business through, a, uh, through the 2007 through 2009 real estate crash? Okay, well, good for you. That's fantastic. I'm glad you had that experience. But were you actually selling at a high level during that market? Well, were you, okay, so yes or no, answer that question. And then were you in the business uh, maybe for two other, maybe three other recessions prior to that? If you haven't been, then what you're about to experience is going to be shocking to you if you do not have the skill set. And at the same time, if you have the skill set, you're going to feel happier and luckier than you ever could possibly imagine because you're going to know how to say things and do things and solve problems for other people that your competitors won't know actually how to do. And, and that really is the, the most important thing. When everyone else is being fearful, it's time for you to be greedy. And what does being greedy mean? Well, obviously, be greedy in terms of deciding to increase the amount of money you're going to make, but greedy in terms of how many people you actually can be of service to. In order to be of service to people in this marketplace, it's not going to be about it. Guys, the branding and the social media stuff has its place, but it, it really was never a great driver of business. And you're about to experience, and you're going to see this across the country, that the agents that uh, absolutely command market presence are going to be the ones that have the skill set. Julie, you've had similar conversations? Yes, absolutely. And one of the most important things I want you guys to digest is the fact that, yes, sales are still happening. Look in your MLS. People are in contract. There's pendings. There's closings. But the nature of those transactions are different. We're getting back to relocation. We're getting back to you know, people that want to downsize their payment or they want to cash out and then pay cash for something smaller. Normal reasons, right? So that's one thing. But from a coaching perspective, Tim, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think the previous market, especially because it lasted so long with a lot of the same themes to it, if you think about your real estate skills as a toolbox, and let's say you've got this big toolbox like yours that you've got in the garage, right? You've got all these different drawers. For the past maybe 15 years, and especially the past five years, you might have needed two drawers of tools, right? You had to know how to compete on the buyer side. You knew you had to know a little bit about how to deal with appraisal gaps. You had to waive virtually everything, and you had to have a buyer strong enough that they could pay for all of this stuff and sustain the competition. So that was a set of tools, and I don't discount that. You guys had kind of a rough run of that for a while when you were having to compete, and that's real skill. But now you've got to fill the rest of your tool chest with all kinds of other things. For example, you've got an empty drawer, some of you, or maybe there's one tool in there called the 30-year fixed mortgage. That's all you had to know about. And it was a low interest rate and everybody did it for years. It was no big deal. Everybody qualified because the payments were lower, right? But now you're going to have to know what are the builders doing for financing? What's the deal with adjustable rate mortgages? Why would somebody want to do that or not do that? What about a rate buy down? See, that drawer needs to get filled up in order for you to be able to handle more transactions. Taking your toolbox analogy to the next point, right? You and I need a couple of appliances installed, mm -hmm. right? And so the, you know, when we finally find someone to install the appliances, which who knows when that'll actually happen, um, you know, COVID supply chain and uh, the war in the Ukraine is causing All no that. repair guys to actually want to work. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, if they show up with a hammer and a Phillips head screwdriver, they're not going to be able to solve the problem. No. So, and maybe in the past market, to your point, that's all you really needed to know how to use is just a couple of the tools. So not only were there other tools in your toolbox, or there should be, but you're also going to have to learn how to use them. And that really mm -hmm. actually that leads back to one of the points that Heath and I were talking about in text. Yes. I think I'm going to do a, um, a Zoom with Heath and then make it into a podcast as well. 
But FHA assumables, which you and I have been talking mm-hmm. about for months now, yep. are going to be absolutely the hot ticket for anybody Golden. that offers one of, that has one of those that want to mm-hmm. sell their house. So these are all questions you guys are going to have to know how to answer. Or frankly, you know, when you're uh, when you go to talk to a seller and you're wanting to know, well, why is the seller going to list with me? You're going to have to have a really great pre-listing pack. And yes, so we give that to you with the um, real estate. Tra- I'm sorry, we give that to you with Premier Coaching. But you're also going to have to show the seller that you have a higher level skill set than everyone else you're competing against. The number one person you're going to be competing against is their is their you know their center of influence past client type agent. You're going to be competing with them. And generally speaking, a lot of those agents, those agents are the most vulnerable in a changing market like this because they rely on the strength of the relationships and they don't realize that their their sellers, who were their buyers maybe years before, are going to be uh, weary of listing some with someone who doesn't have a high level of skill set. Or maybe they're not thinking like that when they're interviewing their two or three different agents. But when they come across you and they realize you have a high level of skill set, all of a sudden you've completely and totally changed the way that they're thinking about what they need in a market like this. That's the unfair advantage that we want you guys to have. And when you have it, you'll have so much success that you, frankly, some of you will be overwhelmed and that's a nice thing to be overwhelmed by. And I want you to just consider this. When Julie and I were in our early twenties, the interest rates, you know, people would celebrate when they got an interest rate of 7%. The FISBOs were on the the average days in the market was six months. Uh, You know, it was not like it was, it's, that That, was, that was the average. Some of them took longer than that. Right. I mean, the, it was normal to have a listing expire, and this is where I'm leading all of you guys to. It was Agents accepted the fact that only 50% of their listings were going to sell. That was the mindset. Julie and I, in our first year in the business, without any coaching and training, and I'm embarrassed to say this was even before the internet. Uh, it's true. <laughs> Not that far before. Not that – yeah, well, yeah, like a year or two. Yeah. In any event, uh, we sold over 100 homes our first year. Now, why did we do that? How did we do that? Did we have someone telling us how to do it? Nope. Did we have someone coaching and training us? Nope. We did get um, some information from Howard Britton tapes and things like that, but we had nobody that was really holding our hands or prodding us along. But what we did realize was is that our competitors or what were becoming our competitors were not very proactive. We're not following up. We're not doing open houses. We're not really learning how to solve other people's problems. They were trying to do things the way they'd always done them. And so we upset that apple cart and all of you are going to be in the same position to do the same thing. That's what's so exciting about a market like this. Now, if you are a top agent and you do have a big team and you're selling lots of houses, you're the ones, that all, frankly, that are also going to be very vulnerable because you're going to be the slowest to change because you have the most fixed cost. You have the most uh, institutionalized way of thinking. It's a nice way of saying complacency, right? You're going to be the people that are going to suffer the most if you don't change the quickest because the amount of fixed cost you have. And we've been experiencing um, really over the last I'd say 45 days now, exactly what we experienced in 2007 and 2008. When the wheels came off the housing market wagon back then, Julie and I were having lots of small and medium-sized brokers and lots of teams that had been following us, listening to us. And our podcast wasn't even around then. We'd been doing webinars and things like that who were asking for help because everybody else had been telling them the same thing. You know, do more marketing, do more advertising, buy more leads, build your team, build your brand. And all the while they were realizing they weren't making any money. As a matter of fact, they were losing money and they came to us ask because we back then, just as now, were the only ones that are frankly telling what we believe to be the truth about how to build a long-term sustainable real estate practice. And that's frankly leading with profit. Profit is your product. So they reached out to us. In many cases, they were willing to listen to us. We helped to make them uh, go from an inefficient money-losing team to a profit-minded, really 
essentially a business that was going to be something that was sustainable. That's what we did. We helped many, many of these brokers and these small and medium-sized teams into profitability. They didn't realize that their thinking was what ultimately was holding them back from embracing what that market was. And I'm here to tell you guys, and I'm saying this 100% for sure, that market was a hell of a lot harder than this market in every meaningful way because back then people had lost confidence in even buying a house. That was something that actually was becoming pervasive around the country is people are beginning to even question the idea of owning real estate. I mean, it was so much worse then uh, than it is now because at least now everyone is entering into this recession, entering into this inflationary period with the idea that they all want to own homes. Every single thing uh, is better in this downturn than it was in the last one. You just have to meet the market where it is with your skill set. It's not that challenging. So we're going to pick up with point number five. Um, and point number five is, and this is part two, Excuse me, sorry. Julie and I are, yes, still getting over COVID. Sorry. We don't want to talk about it because the only two people that want to hear about your health problems are your doctor and your mortician. So yes. we sorry don't like, that, we don't like to wallow in our health issues, but no. we do have some nice COVID problems we're still, still dealing with, but we're, but we are doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do it at the highest level. And because we know you guys need to hear what we have to say on the podcast. So, and those of you who have noticed that our voices don't sound quite the same, we appreciate you actually uh, wishing us uh, good health. And we're on the mend. Yeah. So point number five, this is part two. We're talking about why inventory increases will not actually wreck the market for you. So point number five, in the Great Recession that Tim was just talking about, homeowners owed more than the homes were worth with not just no equity, but negative equity. And I know some of you guys are trying to wrap your minds around that. Builders had overbuilt oceans of unsold homes. We do have an element of that happening here and there. Condo high rises and subdivisions. The supply was far higher than the demand. But I want some of some of our listeners think that a short sell is when you sell the home for less than you pay. No, you have to actually be upside down and owe uh, more than it's worth. And that's highly, highly unlikely in today's market. We talked about this yesterday. I'm going to go through these numbers relatively quick, and I'm not giving you exact numbers, um, but here's the gist of it. In the United States, 50% of all homes are owned, no mortgage. Of the 50% that have mortgages, only 10% of adjustable rate mortgages. Of the 90% that have fixed rate mortgages, uh, well, really, of all mortgages, did I get that number right? Yes. Okay, of all mortgages, the average equity position is approaching 50%. So in other words, most people, if they bought their house within you know two or three years ago, they have probably around 50% equity in their homes. So they, that's the reason what happened last time will not happen this time. Right, because the first thing that you said, only 50% of people that own homes even have a mortgage. Well, you can't default on something that you don't have anymore. So that takes out 50% of the market. Then the rest of everybody, you know, already has tons of equity. So let's just say that you woke up tomorrow and prices declined by 10%. Well, if you've got 50% equity, you're still up by 40%. And meanwhile, even while we're talking on this podcast over the past 14 minutes, your house has still gone up in value. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's so funny to people are, you know, completely being lied to about what's actually helping or happening to home appreciation because of inflation. Here's the answer. Everything's going up in cost. No reason to believe that's going to slow down anytime soon. Yes, that's scary. Yes, we're in uncharted waters. Nobody has experienced this before. Everybody's guessing about what's going to happen next. So here's what you do in times that are of great uh, uncertainty. You don't, you, you become myopic. You focus on fewer things. You focus on becoming the best real estate practitioner you can. 
Limit your information. Limit your input. Stop looking for, um, frankly, any reason to uh, – well, do look for reasons to believe that you're – and this is what Julie and I, I think, are pretty good at. Do look for reasons to, that your beliefs are wrong. Don't just get so dug into one way of thinking. But most importantly, become the best version of yourself as a real estate practitioner. So in your business, you want to focus on becoming a, a proactive lead generator. You want to focus on having a profit-minded, in other words, your product is profit type mindset with your business. When you do those two things, you will not lose in this marketplace. But if you think this is the time to start expanding into branding and marketing and you know uh, CRMs and building funnels and doing all this other stuff, you're going to most likely suffer at levels you cannot possibly imagine because those things marginally worked in a great market. They will not work at all in this market. So by the way, if you're a team or you're a broker and you're calling us up asking for advice on what to do, here's the first thing I'm going to tell you. Make a list of all the things that you're spending your money on and put a check mark by those things that are going to lead directly to a paycheck. And if those things and all the other things, stop doing. Cancel them. Well, and don't guess at that, right? I mean, I've looked at a lot of treasure maps and gone over this with a lot of people. So how do you know what's working? Look at your past transactions. You've got to say, this deal came from that, not, well, it kind of in a roundabout way came from that. And, you know, if you've been spending money on something for 12 months and you can only track one or two deals to it, don't make it about those one or two deals. Those were probably just happenstance that you would have gotten anyway. So be very careful about actually tracking. So I got a voice text from Anna Fine today. So Anna, you listen to the podcast. So here's your shout out and the answer to your question, which I have not given you yet. She was asking me about um, doing good old fashioned marketing, or I'm sorry, farming into a particular neighborhood. And she said she'd been, and you'll love all this, Julie. She mm -hmm. said she'd been doing the farming for about 12 months. I assume she's mailing postcards. She called up the farming marketing company and told, because she said she's received a total of no business from it so far. Right. Duh. And then uh, then she said she called up the marketing company and WTF'd them, to which they said, we'll keep doing it. It takes a long damn time to get any results from your- Of course. Okay. Here's the answer, Anna. Stop doing it because it's not working and you do not want to be doing anything like that in a marketplace like this. And 12 I months is plenty of sample to know it's not working. Working. It's not working. It's not going to work. It didn't work before. It won't work now. Now, here's the flip side to that. Um, before I can 100% give you an answer other than the obvious evidence that you haven't gotten anything in 12 months, I need to know how many other people are doing direct mail in that particular community. I need to see what your direct mail pieces were, all the rest of it. Because again, if you are in a marketplace that's saturated with a lot of other people doing direct mail and maybe their direct mail is more compelling than yours, that might be the reason why you're not getting any results. It could also be that nothing at all sold in that neighborhood for the past two years. Yeah. Well, here's what I most like. I bet you this is what Anna's doing. I bet you she has believed that there's some sort of, you know, strategic AI, oh, yes. amazing algorithm that's going to, uh, you know, geofarm a particular area and this specific, you know, specialized, you know, made on Witchcraft Mars. Witchcraft and alchemy, it's, some kind of algorithm. <laughs> totally. It's somehow predicting which home sellers are most likely to sell on that. Which, guys, you have to really. I <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I can predict it right now. People who have a for sale by owner sign in their yard are most likely to sell next. Exactly. People who are on your expired list, most likely to sell. Probably a fair amount of people going to open houses are most likely to sell next. Well, because... That's very predictive. Pe people going to open houses, depending on the price point, a lot of them have houses to sell. Yeah, but just you, do you listen to the insanity of basically what Julie and I just set up? We couldn't stop from laughing. Because here it is. You guys are willing to pay 
for this list of people that might be willing to sell sometime in the future because their AI fancy, you know, witchcraft and alchemy system somehow is, you know, ginned up some sort of way of, you know, predicting who's going to sell next. And yet in a marketplace, in every marketplace, but especially now, you have a list of all the people that want to sell their homes. It's right there in front of you. By the way, um, you guys are going to ask us, where do I get a list of expireds and for sale by owners and the rest of it? We used, when we sold real estate, and we've always recommended a company called Red X, and we do have um, an arrangement with them that they'll give you guys a $150 discount on using their service. It's a pretty cool widget. Basically, they go into your MLS, they find all the new expireds, they find all the phone numbers, even cell phone numbers, and they tee those up so that you could start calling them every single day using our scripts, obviously. And if you want to get the discount, just text the word R-E-D, text the word RED to 47372. When you do, we'll text you back a link and you guys can sign up for Red X. But that does work really, really well. That If you're even mildly serious about being a proactive lead generator, that absolutely is one of the first tools you need to put in your toolbox and learn how to use it. They've got a lot of great education. They've got a lot of great training on how to get the most out of Red X. But text the word RED to 47372. All right, Julie, point number six. Yes, yeah, so back to our discussion about inventory. In 2008 and nine, you could actually rent a home in your same neighborhood for a smaller monthly payment than you were paying on your mortgage. In most areas of the country, you cannot do that now. So that's a factor that will keep inventory suppressed. So I'm going to talk to you guys about something else that will seem bizarre if you were in the business back then. There was something called buy and bail. You just read my mind. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny though? Yeah. And so what would, ha- what would happen is if there was, you're in a subdivision and let's say your house is worth, I'm making obviously all these numbers up just to you know put this, frame this out for you guys. Let's say you owe 500000 on your house. Let's say uh, the house is worth 400000 and let's say your neighbor's doing a short sale on their house with a list price of, say, three seventy-five. What people would do is they would buy the house for three seventy-five, and then they would bail on their current house, buy and bail. That was one of the things that happened, another perversion of the past housing market for sure, but that won't happen now because everyone's got equity. And because prices aren't falling like they were then. It, well, well, prices aren't Asking prices are falling, rates of appreciation or inflation are falling, but actual values aren't that's, falling. That's a good clarification. You know, the deceleration is not the same as depreciation. Which goes to the lies thing. If you're finding yourself attracted to any of these bullshit headlines that are out there trying to lead you to believe that there's going to be a big tsunami of distressed property, you've asked them for their facts. I have. They never send them back to me when I receive these emails because uh, Julie and I are on a billion different emails with a bunch of pseudonym email addresses because we want to see what's going on out there, You know what you guys are being marketed to. We always ask for their data and they never, ever send it back. We did actually have it interesting. We were on a Zoom I'm going to try not to uh, share too much information. And this person was saying that they were working with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Okay, right there was a red flag. And then they said they know for a fact that there's a whole bunch of, you know, distressed property that's about to come for sale and all the rest of it. And then somebody asked on the Zoom asked for what the basis of their information is because right there that was just a bunch of puffery, no basis of information. Of course, this was, you know, tip-top secret information. They couldn't share it. Here's how easy it is to find out actually what's going to happen. All you've got to do is look to all the public filings all over the country. And there's a lot of companies that keep track of this for all the new people that are notice of defaulting, who are missing one payment. We can go to foreclosure.com. Right. You know, there's lots of companies that do that. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that Fannie and Freddie are not signing NDAs with agents. Yeah, it's it was a lie. It was a lie. Exactly. Someone, and what was the what was the punchline? They were trying to sell a short sale designation. Right, because people are freaking out and they figure that, you know, if there's going to be distressed, I might as well go buy that. 
Now, remember, Julie and I are uh, balancing out our opinion on the whole thing, um, though we are trying to base our opinion mostly, you know, 99% on fact, but frankly, a lot of, we're not completely objective about this because we have decades of experience. So our biases sneak into our opinions, obviously, but here's the bottom line. When somebody says something like that and you ask them for facts and they can't back it up with facts, then they're lying to you. They're just trying to sell you some bullshit. Exactly. And I'm sorry for being overly direct, but this is how this, this is the problems that a lot of you are going to welcome into your lives are because you're listening to the wrong people telling you things that are just in their own self-interest that aren't going to actually help you weather the storm of this market we're entering into. And I find that personally offensive. I do. I find it unbelievably offensive that the industry doesn't, frankly, take the time to root out the good players from the bad. And in a marketplace like this, a lot of these bad players, they wait underneath their bridges and they wait for the markets to change. Well, they, they wait for you guys to freak out. Right. They take advantage of you. And it happens every time. Okay, here, I'll tell you what's going to happen next. Wait to start receiving the lists from the companies that are, I'm sorry, the, the emails from the companies that are going to try to sell you into the REO lists or the BPO lists. Those guys are all coming. They come every time there's even a shift in the market cycle. And then they disappear again. Then they pop up again under a different URL. So you don't realize that it's the same company that took your $400 before. This is the problem with a lot of uh, you know, you you make a wrong decision now, even if it's a small wrong decision. You start investing your time in a wrong or a, an idea that's actually not going to put you in a position to help people and make money. That one degree, uh, you know, change in direction that you otherwise could have been on a year from now has worked out to be a 30 or 40 percent, you know, misdirection and where you should have otherwise been. Then you have to go back and make up all that time again. And in a marketplace like this, it's not going to suffer fools. It's going to move too fast. And that's what scares me for all of you guys who are doubling down on dumb, frankly, in a lot of cases. You know, I want to really close the loop on something we were just talking about. Okay. Um, so there's 10 percent, it's believed. Of all mortgages out there that are adjustable rate mortgages. And so there's t when did those most of those adjustable rate mortgages, when were they put in place? The first half of this year. So of those adjustable rate mortgages, what's the earliest time that most of those would be adjusting? Probably five or seven years from now. And by the way, they probably have at least 10%, if not 15% equity in their homes. Remember, July to July, I think I got that right. The national rate of inflation or appreciation in homes has been, on average, 19%. The least amount of appreciation in marketplaces that Julie and I found when really digging into this was like 7 or 8%. So you're looking at people that instantly had equity the second that they bought, and as soon as their mortgages are going to adjust to a payment which might be significantly higher depending on what rates are, are sometime in the distant future. So for people to try to tell you that we have this big, huge train that's headed towards us of adjustable rate mortgages that are yeah. about to adjust, they're lying to you. If I'm wrong, all of you who believe that, validate your stance by showing me the numbers because we've researched it and we will bet we are wrong and we'll share your statistics. We have not been able to find any information that would uh, cause us to believe that the market is going to have any sort of precipitous crash. Inflation is the variable that no one can quite understand. Inflation is not, we're having inflation of everything. This is an everything's getting more expensive market. Just if you want to encapsulate that, all of us should have bought a million eggs last year because we would have basically <laughs> yeah. made 30% return on our investment because year over year, egg prices have gone up <laughs> by 30%. Of course, Julie, when I, when I told that joke the other day, Julie's 
uh, idea was even better, just buy a bunch of chickens. Well, because chickens last longer than <laughs> eggs and they keep producing. Yeah. But, you know, the the other thing is, you know, we all should have bought up a whole bunch of used cars and had that as a side hustle. Dude, those everything. are at 42%. I'm, the things that are down in price are yeah. like, you can count them on one hand, but everything else is up. I mean, labor, what, you, what we're going to see next as far as more inflation, uh, you're seeing all of these uh, consumer products. We shared with you uh, Pepsi, mm-hmm. of all things, is raising their price by 19%. Remember, Pepsi owns like a ton of different soft drink brands, which means Coke is going to raise their price, which everybody else is going to raise their price. All these producers, people that make things, have been holding back on raising their prices because they too have been buying into the belief that the inflation is transitory. It's clearly not transitory. So they've been accepting less margin and making less profit from the products that they're selling. And now what they're saying is we realize this is a long-term trend for us to stay profitable and stay in business. We need to raise our price. Now, and again, Julie and I have been telling you guys this every day on the podcast. Listen to what they're raising their prices by. Most of them 15 to 20%. Why? Because they've seen their prices of cost, the cost of the goods that they need to make the Pepsi or make the Ford truck increase by 15 to 20%. So they're passing that inflated cost on to consumers. Now the government's going to say the greedy takers, the greedy makers, they're raising their price. They're raising their price so they can keep their profit margins because their cost of everything has gone up. Mm-hmm. Do not allow... The reality of what's happening in the markets uh, in the world right now, this is happening globally, to be politicized. The reality of it is, it's everything that you know is going up. And that's what's the significant difference from a year ago. And there's no reason to believe, zero reason to believe, that prices are going to reset to a lower number on anything. Exactly. Well, let's go back to inventory because that's what we're talking about, prices there. And by the way, everything you just said, excuse me, about, uh, you know, your products going up, that's baked into your commission, guys. You don't even have to create your own price increase for your commission. It's baked into the price. You're already getting it, whether you ask for it or not. But that's the trifecta that hopefully they're internalizing. If you guys have the skill set to make the most of this market, you're going to be able to take listings. Maybe some of you have never been listing agents before. This is your opportunity to become a listing agent. You're going to get a raise because the cost of everything is higher. And at the same time, and I don't feel 100% comfortable saying this, but it is the reality, a lot of your competitors are going to be asleep at the wheel. So your competition is going to not be as powerful. They're going to be essentially checked out emotionally and unfortunately financially. You're going to be getting a raise. And if you're taking a skills-based approach, you're going to become a dominant listing agent. This is the trifecta of opportunity that many of you are not realizing is pretty much a once in a career type occurrence. So point number seven, and remember we talked earlier about part of the problem in 2008 and nine is you couldn't refinance if you wanted to, but that's not true because point number seven in this market, the whole world has already refinanced their mortgages down to 3% or less in most cases with a 30 year fixed term. So if you don't have to move and pay 7% or more, why would you further suppressing inventory? Well, so there is a downside to that. The whole mortgage industry essentially is having a massive ice age yeah. because most of the mortgage lenders out there were essentially you know, paying their bills off refinances. Well, guess what they're doing? They're all getting real estate licenses. Uh, correct. They're all getting real estate licenses and the smart ones are joining Premier Coaching. Hey, that's a perfect tee up. By the way, if you guys have not, <laughs> you're if you guys have not joined Premier Coaching, remember it is free to join, and you do have instant access to um, all the systems, all the. Frankly, this is the light and the it, this is the lighthouse and the fog that you guys need. It'll give you a complete sense of direction of what you should be doing now. It's the real estate treasure map. It's our scripts, objection handlers, and it's everything. Frankly, that's going to give you the momentum for the. You know, I think this is going to be probably, unfortunately, at least a three-year, but probably as long as a ten-year cycle in the economy. 
This is the smart way to build your team. This is a smart way to build your real estate practice. This is the smart way to move forward and actually be able to drive a lot of profit to your real estate business because of this market. Just text the word premier to 47372. Text the word premier to 47372. Or if you'd like to, if you're outside the continental United States, just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. But the easiest way to join is just text the word premier to 47372. It takes about 22 seconds. Seconds. Hundreds of you um, have been joining every single month. Tens of thousands of you listen every single day. What the heck are you waiting for? Text the word Premier to 47372. Remember when texting, message, and data rates may apply. Okay, so finally, consider the fact that while inventory has risen dramatically this year, it's still lower than the inventory levels of 2018, 19, and 20. Comparing anything to 2021 does not give you realistic perspective. That was an outlier year, and yet many of the headlines are focused on comparing year over year. So be careful what you're believing. Again, inventory is higher, but it's still about what it was in 19 and 20. So what should you do with this knowledge? This is our wrap-up to this series. First of all, don't freak out. Higher inventory is not causing a housing crash. And by the way, it's a really great thing for buyers to have something to choose from, right? So next, do reach out to all of your buyer prospects and let them know that there are a lot more homes to choose from. They probably won't be in a bidding war. Bidding war. They actually do get to have home inspections and they won't have to pony up for the appraisal gap. If they're worried about their payment versus rent, in many cases their rent is the same even at interest rates where they are now than what their, uh, their house payment's the same as what their rent is because landlords have been raising their rental prices by at least 20% over the last 12 months. So the reality of it is, is they'll actually save money by building equity because of inflation if they buy a house right now versus continue to be long-term well, tenants. paying rent is 100% interest, right? Yes. So the realtor mistake on this is you guys believing that nobody will get a 7% interest rate that you're putting your beliefs because you're so used to three or 4% that, gosh, why would anybody want to do that? Well, it's not about you. It's about what they're doing. And to your point, it's probably about the same as their rent anyway. And by the way, they don't have to pay a 7% interest rate. If you join Premier Coaching, you'll learn of all the different ways that people can essentially buy interest rates down, get lower, you know, everything. Hot topic. We're, the last thing we're going to suggest is people do uh, adjustable rate mortgages, but there are lots of different options that you can do if you actually know how to get the deal done. So ultimately, people don't, this is strange, but here it is, don't care what the interest rate is. They care what the payment is. Yes. So if you can focus people on the payment, um, again, there's no shortage of opportunity in the marketplace. But if you're an ill-informed, frankly, uneducated, low-skilled agent who you are essentially reacting to all the really subversive emotional headlines about the sky is falling, just like everybody else in the marketplace, no one's going to want to do business with you. You're going to have to acknowledge the, you know, the, uh, the, the gore in the marketplace with regards to the headlines and a lot of people's attitudes. And then you're going to have to counterbalance that with facts. And the fact is, is that homes will continue to appreciate at, in some markets, even if there is a recession at double digit rates. Um, and this is, this is very easy pro to project based on the current inflation rate. And there's other lots of studies that have been done. Worst case scenario, the bearish, most bearish housing report that we found was projecting through 2025. And some of the worst, if, if it is a recession like none other we've experienced, because of inflation, they're still projecting home values to increase by 3 to 5% per year. Yes. So who should you be looking for? Remember, the profile of your new prospects and clients is different than previous years. Look for cash buyers, relocating buyers, millennials and Generation Z buyers who are tired of paying inflated rental prices. 
investors, new construction buyers, and buyers who can still get a decent interest rate through buy-downs or adjustable rate loans. I'll tell you how to make all those buyers find you, become a listing agent. That's the number one thing that all of you guys Easy button. Be, that's the easy button. Focus all your best energies on becoming a listing agent. That's what we teach you to do in Premier Coaching because then the buyers will find you. And when you have enough listings, guess what? You can then choose not to work with anyone other than the most ultra, you know, frankly, the best buyers you can find. So all the marginal buyers, you can refer those off to other agents in your marketplace. All the best buyers, two to three is what we always suggest to our top producing listing agents. Keep two to three, ideally in higher price ranges for yourself. That way you're still on top of what's happening in the market. Because as a listing agent, this is just an aside, as a listing agent, it's very easy to lose touch with actually what buyers are looking for. So you always want to keep a toe in the water. But, and you know, you can pick, Really, really be a select on who you choose to spend your time with as far as buyers go. But yes, if you want to essentially have a very clear path forward, focus all your best energies like never before on becoming a listing agent. And, you know, there here's a homework assignment for you guys. Julie's got two smaller points for you. But here's your homework assignment. Go to your MLS, look into the MLS, and to see how many expireds, withdrawns, temporarily off the market, the whole thing, in your entire MLS in the last six months. Even in the hottest of markets, it's going to be thousands. Remember, your entire MLS, not just your neighborhood, or your area code, or your geographic, you know, everything. Look for everything. Thousands. Now, 12 months from now, it's going to be tens of thousands. You will be shocked, obviously, depending on how your market is, how big your market is. For you not to be seeing expired listings as the single best opportunity in the marketplace right now means you're not serious about real estate. And expired listings are the th if If Julie and I are to get back in the business right now, and we get this question occasionally, especially yep, when we're being interviewed, people ask us, like, what would you guys do if you're getting back in the business? Number one, 100% would focus on expired listings. Number two, centers of influence and past clients. Mm -hmm. That would Those would be the two things. What would you do other than that? Uh, nothing. Well, once you'd built listings, you would have your open house widget going. You know, listings lead with everything. But yeah, I 100% agree. If, you know, I, I tease coaching clients all the time. You know, if I, <clears throat> excuse me, if I dropped you off in a different state, gave you a real estate license and said, you have to take a listing by Saturday, how would you do it? Well, we had, have had that happen. I don't even know how many times. Hundreds. We've had agents who we've taught. Well, Julie and I, for example, we sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio. Turns out Columbus, Ohio, great market, very stable market, great place to grow up. Not necessarily a great place to sell real estate because the average sale price, and this was, you know, the average sale price has increased since we moved away 25 years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is it's still not as good, say, for example, San Diego, you know, where right. the average sale price so is a, where the average sale price is a million dollars, for example. Uh, so, you know, we have Personally, we moved out of our market and we were able to transfer our skills. Now, if we'd build our business based on localized marketing, localized geographic farming, trying to become the mayor of our community and all these other things, and that's where our business was kind of coming from, we would not be able to actually, we had no uh, transferable skills. Right. We would have to go to a different market. We would have to spend all the money again, hoping and praying that somehow it worked the same way, but we didn't. We learned to have proactive lead generation skills which means we could pick up and move wherever the heck we wanted to because we knew how to do it. And we've had tons of coaching clients that have, like us, decided to move out of their particular geographic areas. Maybe the market wasn't as strong as it was. Maybe the weather wasn't what they wanted it to be. Maybe they wanted a higher sale price. Maybe they wanted a different lifestyle. Sometimes it's just crossing your own town, going into a different zip code. We did that too. Yep. Yeah, we did that too. But the moral of the story is, is when you have proactively generation skills, you're not to be beholden to a particular geographic area 
even a part of the country, even a part of the world, you can actually move. You can't do that if your whole business is based on buying leads, can you? Well, this is a common uh, profile of our coaching clients too, is their spouse got relocated. Yep. They were doing great in real estate in their hometown or wherever they are moving from. They're getting their license in their new state or their new city and they're restarting and they want to not waste a lot of time. They want to restart immediately and have success immediately. So that's one of our coaches' specialties as well. But Julie, think about it. In the amount of time that you and I have been coaching full-time, which I think really full-time is in 2002, right? Mm -hmm, probably. So then that amount of time, and we were coaching but not full-time prior to that, but full-time 2001, 2002. I cannot remember a better time to become a listing agent because of the, the lack of of skill that's out there by other agents. Because sure. all these other agents that have come in the business in the last 15 years primarily, yeah. mm -hmm. they've been essentially marketing, branding. They've been doing all that passive all stuff. All the speculative things. And not only – a lot of them – and this is what I find – not surprising, but I find a little bit um, – I don't know what the word would be. They don't even know what an expired is. They right. don't even know how to look for an expired. Yeah. They've never been exposed to the idea they could do anything other than buy business and drip on people and hope and pray people will call because they made sure. a TikTok video of them eating their lunch or whatever, right? Well, and I would, They don't even know. No, they don't know what they don't know. And they, they don't... I mean, I, I've seen agents posting like, well, why would I want to go after expireds if somebody else couldn't sell it? Why would I want to talk to that person? Like the, the mindset about it is so twisted. And I would argue with you on one point. You said that you think that the avalanche of expireds will be six months out. I would argue that it's probably more like 60 to 90 days simply because our generation of agents right now are not used to having six-month listing agreements. They've been doing 30 or 60 days, expecting it to sell instantaneously, having a 60-day runway to closing and being done with it. And I hear this from our very successful coaching clients who have followed the expired spoke and are really taking those expireds. And, you know, sellers are pretty quick to fire agents right now as well. Those are the withdrawns. Those are the temporarily off the markets. Sellers are very quick to fire agents who are over-promising and under-delivering because they're not studying the types of things that we talk about in coaching and certainly on this podcast where agents are still going in and promising, well, you know, we should be able to get your aspirational price in the next two weeks and, you know, then nothing happens, uh, showings are slower and the seller is like, well, hang on a second. That's not which, what I signed up for. And they say, well, you know what? I'm going to take a different direction. So I'm wondering, I like I'm thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about agents out there that are listening. Because this podcast we listen to literally tens of thousands of times. And they're out there. They're listening to us. They know intuitively, like there's nothing about, there's nothing we're saying that doesn't make sense. They can't like, well, okay, it's an expired listing. The house has, obviously needs to be sold. The seller's obviously motivated. We know what the price isn't because it didn't sell at that price. You know, most likely it's price. So, you know, I know you're logically hearing what we're saying, and yet emotionally you're not, some of you aren't engaging with the opportunity that this is. And you've got to ask yourself why. You've got to ask yourself why you're deciding that you're not going to learn how to be a proactive lead generator, why you're choosing to not open your eyes to the incredible opportunity that being a proactive lead generator presents in this marketplace, as Julie just said, and I think correctly, big, a huge tsunami of expireds are coming your way. Why is it that you're deciding to continue to do what wasn't working in the previous market? Why do you think it's going to start working now? And the, the answer is fear. You're afraid, of, you're afraid of changing. The answer is fear. You're afraid of having, like, can you learn something new? Can you actually take your business to the next level? Can you survive and thrive in this new market? And when I'm telling you guys, it's actually easier to survive and thrive in this market because of what's going on right now. The three things I told you, 
That's the reason right now is the best time, in my opinion, in the last 15 years to really focus on becoming an expired listing agent because you got so many agents, not just, I mean, arguably at least a generation, last 10 years of agents who have no idea how to proactively no generate, right? You have a whole bunch of expireds that are going to be soon happening. You have a whole bunch of runway ahead to make this a long-term career shift for you. And guys, at the end of the day, you are or aren't going to listen to what we're saying. You are or aren't going to embrace the opportunity that's in front of you. You are or aren't going to take yourself to the next level in your real estate career. It's really up to you. You can wait to find out if what we're telling you is true, but what's the cost of doing that? If you want to say, for example, you're Anna Fine and you're saying, I'm not going to stop doing my direct mail to my geographic area, even though it hasn't it hasn't worked and I'm going to keep on doing it for the next 12 months. And that's it. I don't care. I'm not going to listen to Tim and Julie. I'm just going to keep doing it. Fine. Keep doing it, but start working the expires as well. You guys get my point? Don't, you don't have to, if you got something that you are so emotionally attached to that you don't want to stop doing and it's too painful for you to stop doing it because frankly, your ego's attachment to doing it, you don't want to be proven wrong. Anna doesn't necessarily want to be told that she made a mistake believing the hype about her geographic, you know, Farming. She doesn't want to believe that she made a mistake. She doesn't want to believe that she's wasted 12 months worth of money. Okay, if that's too painful for you, keep doing it, even though we're suggesting that you stop doing it, and then still work the expireds. Don't stop moving forward with where the greatest opportunities are in this marketplace. 100%, you're going to be able to help more people and make more money now than you ever were able to before. How many of you right now actually know how to pick up the phone you know, the strange thing that's sitting beside you probably, <laughs> and actually make a call to a, a freshly expired seller and have a conversation that results in you taking that listing. How many of you actually know how to do that? It's less than 3%. Yes. Well, let's do some quick expired math. You don't even have to be spectacular at it, do you? Because the average sale price saves your bacon on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for example, let's say you take just one. Let's say you have to talk to 20 of them this month. Okay. So I'm keeping the numbers pretty conservative here. And let's say that you go on three listing appointments and because you're new to it, you only take one expired and you sell that. And you do this just once a month with an average net commission of say 10 grand. You have just, because you're dabbling and learning a new skill and you're only okay at it, you've just made an extra 120 grand because you weren't a blockhead about making some changes. So this is the thing also, it's counterintuitive, but frankly, you and I have gotten to where we are today from doing the opposite of what most everyone else is doing. Sure. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. We started podcasting before anybody was podcasting. Yeah. We did a lot of the things in our real estate business and our coaching business before everybody else was doing it. Mm -hmm. um, because we look to see what everyone else is doing and we don't do what the hell everyone else is doing because we know that's going to become oversaturated. Sort of makes sense, doesn't it? So look, and this goes back to the point I made earlier about what Warren Buffett says, right? When everyone is being greedy, be fearful. When everyone's being fearful, be greedy. In your marketplace right now, how many agents, brokers are fearful? All of them. You need to start being greedy. How do you do it? You need to not just 10x, but 20x, whatever your efforts are going to be about being proact a proactive lead generator. Absolutely, positively, frankly, you need to operate like there's no tomorrow to learn how to go after expired listings and, and all the other things we teach you in Premier Coaching. Premier Coaching isn't just about expired listings, but we're just shining light on this particular opportunity um, because in the next, as Julie said, and I agree with her, 60 to 90 days, there's going to be an enormous opportunity for you to list those expireds and there won't be that many people that are effectively soliciting them. There will be a lot of agents that are doing direct mail. There will be a lot of agents that are trying to communicate with those sellers um, through through um, 
you know, digital, but there won't be that many that know how to have a high level skilled conversation with them designed to help that seller solve the problem, which is getting their home sold. When you take that approach, you will have an unfair advantage in the marketplace. You're going to have to be ruthless with your laziness, not allow yourself to be, you know, essentially driven by your fear. Yes, you do have to learn some skills. Yes, there is going to be some rejection. Yes, it's going to require you setting aside your ego. But on the other side of that is everything you've always dreamt your real estate business would be. That's right. So get to work. Don't be complacent. Embrace the new market. I would totally 5,000% agree with you that the opportunity is so huge going forward right now, but only for those of you who take action. So don't go through it alone. Join Premier Coaching. Just text Premier to 47372 so we can take good care of you and our Harris Certified Coaches can so you can be surrounded by like-minded people who are already seeing success as a result of this market shift and not hiding out from the opportunity. Like, comment, share with us your experience. When you guys will message me um, and asking questions or just saying you appreciate what we said on the podcast, I'm always going to respond, tell me what's going on in your market because I want to know what... A, I want to know what's going on in your market. B, I want to know if you're paying attention to what's going on in your market. And so you're going to see, I'm going to sneak in a little coaching sometimes when I'm asking you guys that question, because what I want you to do is stay drilled down, stay focused. Don't just pop from Facebook to face, Facebook group to Facebook group. Don't just pop from this idea to that idea. Drill down on becoming your best version of yourself as a real estate sales professional, and you will not believe what the rest of your real estate career will be like. Thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.